Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Here we go! Hello and welcome to another week of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. And we're nearing the end of the NBL Cup, but we're... We're feeling a lot better about things, I think, now, Scott. The 36ers put in a, a really spirited couple of games last week, despite you know still not having Brandon Paul in the first couple of games without Isaac Humphreys. And now we've got two more games of the NBL Cup to look forward to over the next few days. So really looking forward to that. We've got a special guest. Of course, we'll have Ask the Coach again with Connor Henry. So plenty to look forward to. But let's get to the man himself. I'm Chris Pike, but... The, the legendary Scott Ninnis, the only man that's been involved in every NBL championship the Adelaide 36ers have won. You've been a busy man already this week, Scott. How do we find you? Uh, excellent, Chris. Yeah, I think uh, certainly, uh, you know, after the last couple of games, I mean, that uh, the talk we had last week, mm. uh, yeah, was significantly different, different to the, what we're going to have this week. And I thought it was, uh, well, obviously it was a much improved performance. I mean, the game against Illawarra, you know, for the first three quarters, you know, it was excellent. And, yep. uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, we struggled a little bit, especially in those early stages of the fourth quarter. But I, I think it was really important just uh you know, just the way we played and the way we came out after uh, those previous couple of games was very pleasing. And then obviously to get the win against Cairns, uh, it, look, it's an interesting one, I think, that, you know, when you lose someone of the calibre of Isaac Humphreys, clearly, well, obviously a better team with him, but some, sometimes with that, you know, those first couple of games without a, without a great player, players get a chance to get more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it becomes a bit more of an equal opportunity offence and... And I thought we spread the floor well, and and you weren't sure where the points were coming from because yeah. you know they were coming from Crocker, they were coming from McVeigh, they were coming from DJ, uh, you know Giddy, etc. I, I thought it, we we looked really good without having Isaac out there. Once again, we clearly don't mistake what I'm saying. We'd much rather have him on the floor, but I think it was. Uh, I think it just uh, gave us a bit of a different look and, uh, funnily enough, made us more difficult to defend. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the confidence can build. We get Brandon Paul back uh, into the team shortly. Isaac Humphreys was on the uh, local news here tonight saying that he's not far away either. So it makes these next couple of games very important. Uh, You know, neither of them are going to be easy. And then the two games we've got slotted in after the NBL Cup are definitely not going to be easy, mm. but, you know, it's better off talking tonight after a win and, and, you know, there'll be a bit of confidence back in the group now, which is great. Absolutely. Coming off a 44-point loss, it's it's fair to say last week was was challenging, but I, I think I think we got through it well and, and full credit to Connor Henry for still fronting up to do his Ask the Coach segment and he'll be back again this week thanks to Sports Card World. We've also got a special guest and right now I think quite clearly he's the best NBL Defender in the league right now. We'll hear from Sunday Sunday Deck. We'll also have an update on our Player of the Year voting thanks to Premium Wine Tours. And as always, we'll announce a winner from Australian Motors Mitsubishi of the Player of the Week for the for this past week. But this first segment brought to you by All Star Photos and Kelly Barnes will take care of all of your needs, whatever your basketball photography needs are at a, at a local club level or beyond. Just head to allstarphotos.com.au or contact Kelly at info at allstarphotos.com.au. I think it's fair to say we're a little bit 
a little bit worried about what was to come when we did our show last week, Scott, with the games to come against the Hawks and the Taipans. But let's start with that game against the Hawks because as far as a... I think I wrote it on in the match report that I did for the club's website. No one likes honourable losses, but this was a loss that you could take a lot of heart from. I just felt the team showed a lot of character. It, w- it was important to see Tony Crocker actually take the game by the horns a little bit. That was the most shots I'm sure he's taken in a game this season, 19 shots, and he ended up with 23 points, and I think that was important. We saw Jack McVeigh really stand up. I think Sunday Deck had another really strong game. DJ battled hard. Josh Giddy had a good game. I just think it was a performance, even though it wasn't a win, it gave a lot of people a lot of confidence once again. And it would have given the team a lot of confidence too, yep. mate. It's, uh, you know, it was really, as I said earlier, it's really important to come out like that after, you know, after having such a shocking loss. And uh, uh, to me, Crocker was the most important one. That was uh, really important. He had 19 shots. But, mm. you know, he, he's, he's done it early, uh, you know, in games, come out and looked aggressive and, and the team normally comes out of, uh, uh, you know, the start of the game or the start of the half and looks to run a shot for him, which, uh, uh, which, which I think is great. We do it just about every game. Mm. Um, but he, he kept going, kept being aggressive and, 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 and clearly, you know, clearly he's got some talent, but he, yep. he seems to, and whether it's because he's been deferring to, you know, to, to both DJ and Humphreys and having a, a you know, ball dominant point guard in, in Josh, or whatever the reason is, uh, you know, this game, and whether it was down to Connor, you know, really pushing him to keep shooting the ball, but I think going forward, like, he has to be a very good player in this team, or, mm. you know, and that's that, that's imports in every team, because, you know, you've only, you've only got a couple of them, uh, you can't have too many passengers at the import spot, and uh, I was I was particularly pleased with the way he came in. That would have given him a lot of confidence. It'd be interesting to see once uh, once Brandon pulls into this lineup, mm. y- you know where that fits. And once again, without any prior knowledge, I would imagine that we'll probably go go fairly small with uh, Giddy Sunday, you know Crocker. Paul and then uh, and then DJ and once again I, I've I got think no. So too. I, I think that oh. is too. Yeah, and then but then what what happens when Isaac comes back? But once again, that's that's a nice problem to have when you've got a lot of talent and 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 I think you look at some of the teams that are playing well now. You've got guys who can fill in in those starter minutes. Uh, Cole Adnam is the absolute poster child for that at the moment. Mm-hmm. With Sykes being out, he's just been all world the last couple of games, and 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 you know is quarterbacking that Phoenix team incredibly well. So. Mm-hmm. You know, to have the luxury of having that guy normally as a bench player, I think once we've got everybody healthy, um, you know, if we have a whoever it is coming off the bench, uh, you know, it's going to give us a lot more depth. And, yeah. and with the way Jack McVeigh's playing as well, you know, we, we suddenly can become a come a team with a with a fair bit of depth that we we, we probably haven't been able to talk about as to yeah. now. So uh, yeah, I think there's there's certainly positive signs in the last few games and. And hopefully we, uh, you know, we beat uh, we beat Brisbane tomorrow night, and um, things are things are starting to look on the up again. Yeah, absolutely. Now that was an encouraging performance, but like I said, you still don't want to be happy with a loss. But that that changed on on Saturday against the the Cairns Taipans. Now my biggest concern in this game, especially after what happened on Thursday for the Taipans, where we saw Nate Jaway dominate on Thursday night against the Sydney Kings, like he hasn't done for probably three or four years, and I was really concerned without Isaac there on Saturday night from an Adelaide point of view about being able to stop him and also being able to stop 
Cam Oliver, it, it turned out to be a, a non-factor. I thought it, the Sixers were on top of the game pretty much the whole way. It ended up being an 81-71 to 71 victory. Um, to me, they looked the better team pretty much the entire four quarters, and, and that's without Humphreys and without Brandon Paul. Um, what did you make of that game, and how much were you impressed by, by the performance? Oh, I think it was, you know, clearly, you know, Daniel Johnson had, had a mm. fantastic game and was the focus, and they they just had no answer for him. And I, I was the same. I watched Jawai playing that game against Sydney, and, and, and Oliver's always a presence. But, uh, you, you know, they, they were, if, if we played that right, they were, you know, DJ was always going to be a handful for the, the big guys. And I, I thought, um, you, you know, I thought we controlled the tempo for the whole game. And, and you know, I guess in, in, in what, was probably, you know, probably a fairly low-scoring game. Mm. Um, you know, to, to score eighty-one seventy-one and have you know someone score thirty points. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a phenomenal effort. And uh, you, you know, DJ copped a little bit from the week before, and oh, I think people have got pretty short memories. I'd hate to think what this team would would be like not not just this year, but over the last few years oh, yeah. uh, without a Daniel Johnson, and, and he's. He's shown us loyalty and, uh, you know, he's one of the best players in the competition. And, 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 and yes, he, you know, yes, he has his flaws. I mean, he's defensively at times, uh, you know, struggles. But, you know, it's, it's not, not through lack of effort, I don't, I don't think. And mm. here's a guy seven foot who scored more points and rebounds than anyone in the last decade. I mean, yeah. you know, what do you want? And, and has stayed loyal to the 36ers. I think, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that, you know, he'll go down as one of our all-time greats and, and, you know, probably be the next person to have his signet retired and, and, and mm. be in the Hall of Fame for the club. So, yeah. uh, you know, you just want to see him get some you know, high-quality support around him and, and hopefully he can be in a position to challenge uh, for a championship because rightly or wrongly, you know, that's how a lot of people get judged on their careers yeah. and uh, uh, it would be great if he's part of one for the 36ers. Uh, I'd, I'd take anyone for the 36ers. 2002 is <laughs> a long time ago and mm. let's just hope that, uh, you know, this can be a bit of a turnaround this year and we can start heading in the right direction again. Yeah, absolutely. And what was almost most pleasing about his performance was how efficient he was. Um, he scored the 30 points, but it was on 10 of 18 shooting, so he only took 18 shots for 30 points, which is pretty incredible. He got to the foul line 10 times as well, and as you said, they just had no no answer for him, whether it was Jawai or Oliver or whoever they, they sent to him. Um, but he had a lot of help as well. Um, we spoke about Keanu Pinder last week, and, and rightfully so, because he hadn't shown a lot so far this season, but I thought... This was his best best game. Numbers-wise, it doesn't stand out. Seven points, two rebounds, two steals. But he didn't commit any silly fouls, which he did in the Illawarra game a couple of days earlier. I thought he played under better control, and he actually offered something. I thought it was it was his best performance of the season. I don't think there's any doubt about that at all, though. The only thing I was disappointed in is two minutes into the second quarter, after he's hit a three, after a sub. Yeah. Now, I was talking to some mates <laughs> yeah. the other day, I could have been lying bleeding on the ground with it with two broken legs. I wouldn't have asked for a sub. It's, uh, you, know, you just you just don't do that. Oh, that was I was. It's oh mate, you just hit a three. Surely that's uh, you know you just started to get yourself going. But uh, yeah, look, I, and that's that's I think what I said last week. Yeah, you know, he just you just got to go back to basics when you're uh, you know when, when you're in a bit of a slump and 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 just do what you're meant to do, which is. Yeah, defend and rebound the ball, hit the open shot when you get it, and uh, 
but yeah, I, I thought it was um, hopefully it's something he can build on from there. Uh, once again, uh, you know, no silly fouls compared to the game before and probably mm. on a lot of the season. And yeah, you know, we we need him. You know, yeah. we we don't have we don't have a lot of size and and a lot of depth in, in that position, especially with Isaac Humphries being out. So yeah, uh, yeah let, let let's hope he can build on that and uh, y- you know really turn his season around from there. I think we have to acknowledge the defensive performance of Sunday as well. I mean, Scott Machado can be a match winner for Cairns, but I think that's the best lockdown job I've seen on Machado in the last season and a half from from anybody. Oh, mate, you know, I, I talk about him every week. Mm. I love what he brings defensively, but I, I was really impressed with what we did team defensively yep. on, on Machado. You know, you, you know, it wasn't just, you, you know, there's games and it becomes seems to be coming the norm, whatever whatever Barcelona you're watching at, that you just switch on ball screens, which, you know, let's be realistic, just automatically creates mismatches, and mm-hmm. that's what teams look to do. But, you know, they, they had a hard show and recover, which... Yeah, you know, which means a lot of trust in your teammates. You mean means people behind you having to rotate and defend and help each other out. And yeah, you know, when when I look back to those, you know, those first couple of years when Phil Smythe coached and we went back to back, you know, that we we didn't have hard and fast rules defensively like you do now. But what we what we did have was you, you know was guys like Mark Davis and, and Rupert Sapwell who could jump out, you know. Mm-hmm. Just all you have to do is make that ball handler just just hesitate yep. for a second, and they were quick enough and strong enough to recover to their man, and, and then that makes it really difficult. And I saw a bit of that with that thirty sixes in that Cairns game, and I I really liked that. It, it sort of Machado wasn't really sure, you know, what he was going to be presenting with when he was coming off on balls, and mm-hmm. I, I, I liked that. I thought that was a we did a little bit differently than. Some of the games in the past, and I think Connor and uh, you know Jamie's game plan in that game was was spot on, and, and Machado mm. had a lot of problems with it. Yeah, he did, and I think um, it's easy to criticise a coach when a team's losing, but I think I think the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for that. So I think when they do something right, we did, it needs to be pointed out as well because they're always the first ones to blame when a team when a team loses, as as you know, Scott, you know better than, better than anybody. Um, oh. Uh, mate, that's that's the nature of the beast, and, and yeah. you, you know that when you get into coaching, that it's uh, you lose, it's your fault. It, you, know, you win, it's the players. And look, so, sometimes that's the case. I mean, it, you know, like you know, coaches can have bad games, but I, I think what you're saying is is correct. Is uh, you know, give credit where credit's due. Mm. Oh, I thought the, the the coaching and the game plan that game was excellent, and uh, you know, the, the the players went out and followed it to the letter, and uh, you, you know, we won that game against. Uh, you know, Ken's team that, that's obviously having some uh, some struggles at the moment, but uh, you know, you still at the end of the day, you still got to get that result. Yeah, I thought it was uh, yeah, it was obviously a really good game to watch. Another player I wanted to point out was Jack McVeigh. I mean, I this could have been a really horrible period if he, if he wasn't in the team and he wasn't willing to step up the way he has since the moment Isaac Humphries went down. He's just he stood up and he was the only person willing to. To make a make a stand, and then the two games last week, he's playing undersized, and he doesn't have the weight of a normal four man. But he just does it on heart. He does it on energy, and, and and this team, he just seems to be the barometer in so many ways. When he's up and firing, it just makes everyone else look better and have more energy as well. Well, he's rolling at the moment. I don't yeah. think there's any doubt about that. I, I don't think uh, he's ever going to lack in confidence. But mm. uh, I, I just think you know he's he's got good size. 
you know, but he's able to use that size really well and, and, and body up people and get his shot away, regardless of who's defending him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you know, I've seen him shoot like he, he's a very, very good shooter anyway, but, uh, you know, he's just, he just gets to the right spot. And, you know, I guess that mid-range around the free-throw line, deadly from there, he just seems to find the right spot. And, and that's a, you know, that's a talent in itself. And you're right, I, I don't know where we would have been without his energy over the last uh, three or four games. But, you know, that's, uh, that's really pleasing. If we can continue to have that on a daily basis, you know, over, over the rest of the course of the year... You know, he, he probably puts himself in contention for sixth man of the year. He's, uh, sure. yeah. he, he's, he's going, going really well at the moment. I think you're right. He is a bit of a barometer because he's always up. He always plays with energy. And, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been really pleased for him, uh, you know, what he's brought to the team these last, uh, last few games. Absolutely. Now, Scott, we also need to announce another winner for our Australian Motors Mitsubishi prize pack for our Player of the Week Award, and plenty of votes are coming in. So thank you to everybody who's voting for these Player of the Week Awards, um, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, or, or Twitter. Just just search for Sixers Fix if you're not following us on any of those social media channels already, and you can put yourself in the running to, to win this great prize thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. And we'll put all of the names in the hat once again, Scott. And your favourite part of the show, of course is when we go into the draw, we play our drum roll, and we get ourselves ready. So here we go for another week. And our winner this week, it's come up, Michael Murray. He, he voted in our Play of the Week award. Daniel Johnson got the got the nod in the end, just over Josh Giddy. Both of them had fantastic weekends in the NBL Cup, but Michael Murray, congratulations. You'll be receiving your prize pack thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. And thank you for their continued support here of us here at Sixers Fix. Now, let's get an update on our Play of the Year award thanks to Premium Wine Tours and, of course, Thanks to your kindness, we'll be giving away a tour for four to the player that wins the award for this season and also to one of our lucky listeners. So there's, there's a lot on the line because as you talked about when we first announced this award, Scott, that's that's a, an award that's worth a lot of money. So so thank you to the support of Premium Wine Tours for making this possible. Now, the votes on Thursday night against the Illawarra Hawks, and of course these votes are cast by a combination of Brett Maher and Scott Ninnis, so it's pretty tough to argue if they're coming from that that sort of that that sort of character, um, Tony Crocker with the three votes, Josh Giddy the two, and Jack McVeigh the one, and then the win over the Cairns Taipans on on Saturday. Clearly, Daniel Johnson with the three was fantastic. But then I think it could have gone to probably any any two of probably five or six people with these next two. But Josh Giddy with the two votes again, and Sunday Deck with the one vote. So that means on the leaderboard on the Premier Mind Tours. Player of the Year award. Daniel Johnson skipping away a little bit now with 27 votes. Isaac Humphreys, 20. Josh Giddy 17. Sunday Deck, 10. Tony Crocker, 6. Jack McVeigh with 5. How do you how do you see things shaping up, Scott? Oh, mate, it was, uh, once again, yeah, we talked about last week. This time, this week we had two games where it was difficult to pick the votes because we had we had players playing well. So uh, oh, I thought the Illawarra game, I thought Crocker clearly was uh, was was the best player that, that we had. 
you know, Josh Giddy, you know, uh, 14 points, nine assists and six rebounds. Um, you know, Jack, Jack had 16 points. So, you know, Sunday had a great game. He probably, you know, probably flamed out a little bit in the, in the second half, had a really good first half. Mm-hmm. You know, and DJ, DJ ends up with his normal numbers. So that was a, I thought that was a really difficult game to pick. Um, you know, you know, obviously against the Cairns Taipans, as you said, you know, DJ was clearly our best on court. Uh, you, you know, once again, Josh is flirting with that triple double, isn't yeah. he? You know, ten points, eight assists, and six rebounds. And I, and I think, you know, I'd be I'd be shocked if we didn't see that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, before the end before the end of the season. And uh, you, know, you know, Sunday when you look at his statistics, you know, it's nothing nothing exciting. But once again, what the job he did defensively in that game was incredible. You know, Jack McVeigh was very good again, and and mm-hmm. we had a lot of players, uh, you know, step up and play their role. So it's it's great to have <laughs> have that problem where uh, you know there's four or five or six players that can get votes, and you have to narrow it down to three, uh, rather than games when you're just trying to find three <laughs> good players. Yeah. So uh, no, it was uh, it, it, it was good, and uh, yeah, look, I, I mean, you have to look at it at the moment as as DJs. You know, would have to do something wrong to to probably not win the MVP. But once again, who knows? You get Isaac back again. Uh, you know, Josh Giddy's uh, polling well, and uh, yeah, it's just well, yeah, it's just always interesting to look at. Twenty-one games to go. God, that's <laughs> seems. Funnily enough, it seems like the season's been going for years now. It does, it's just it does. Uh, we 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 crammed so much into a sh- short space of time. Mm. Twenty-one games. Well, yeah, okay. Well, that, I take everything I just said back then. So, uh, but uh, yeah, a lot lot can happen in that sort of period, and uh, you know, it just seems that you know every every time we talk and every week we talk, we just how important every game is. And yes, I do recognise that is, but in the whole scheme of things, if it's, you know, with with that amount of games to go. Uh, there's certainly going to be ups and downs for every team. So let's just hope that we, uh, you know, we ride through some of the bumps, get rolling, get our new import in, and Isaac back, and you know, start settling down some really good basketball for the next next few months. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect time now to to get our guest on for this week. Thanks to Sports Card World, and we're going to be lucky enough to speak to Sunday Deck. Before we get to him, Scott, what makes you so impressed about him? What What do you like about about what he's brought already now? Fifteen games into his career here in, in Adelaide? Look, he's just such an impressive person on and off the court, you know, and I've said this before, you know, the, you know, with what Brett and myself have been doing with the club, he, he's just, uh, you, you know, he, he's he's just such a professional and uh, uh, just such a likeable person and, uh, you know, but what he's done is brought us, you know, I, I think we all knew the defense, but uh, you know, the you know the way he's been shooting the ball from mm-hmm. the three point line over the last few games. Yeah, you know, I don't think there was a lot of us that thought that that was in his arsenal just mm. yet. You know, like he seemed to. You know, when we saw him early on, it almost looked like there was a bit of a hitch in that shot uh, as he was going in. But he he's catching that thing really confidently and shooting at a really high clip and. Uh, that makes him a very, very dangerous basketball. And I know uh, a few weeks, you know, when the Boomer squad came out that uh, Body Nodge in one of his articles wrote that the only mistake in that was Sunday not being included in that mm-hmm. squad. And, you know, at the time I sort of thought, well, you can't have everybody. But, you know, when you bring a guy who's an elite defender and now suddenly uh, you know, has the ability to put the ball on the floor, he, he probably <laughs> probably was a little bit unlucky to get in that, that very extended squad. But... Uh, um, no, I, I love what he brings to the 36ers. I think it's, uh, 
Uh, it's exciting to watch someone who can who can control a, a game from the defensive end and uh, uh, you know not have to put up great stats to have a profound impact upon a game. And yeah, I, I'm I'm, a, I'm an unabashed fan, mate. I, I love what he brings, and I'm glad he's playing with us and not against us. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnison. Looking forward to our special guest for this week, Scott. Sunday deck, he's been a favourite of yours the whole season since he joined Adelaide. He's a favourite of everybody's. The defence he's playing is incredible. He's a really, he's a strong offensive player as well. He's more than handy at, at both ends of the floor. Looking forward to, to picking his brain now ahead of this weekend to finish things in the NBL Cup. So let's get straight on to it here on Sixers Fix and, and speak to Sunday deck. Okay, Sunday. We've we've obviously talked a lot about you on Sixers Fix this season. Um, Scott unashamedly says he's your favourite player on this team this season. So thanks very much for joining us. How are you dealing with life in Melbourne right now? Look, we're doing all right. Um, the hub's been awesome. I think initially we had some preconceived perceptions of it, but since being here, it's been unreal. Uh, they lifted obviously our restrictions a little bit a week into it, and we really enjoyed it. We're hanging out with the guys a lot, training and playing basketball. Fantastic. And as I mentioned, obviously, Scott is the star of this show. He can't quite join us because he's, <laughs> he's, on, he's on premium wine tours business right now. Um, as you know, uh, you've been on one of those tours. It's, it's probably worth doing. Yeah, 100%. Scott's a man of many talents. Uh, <laughs> obviously, in the preseason, he took myself and the rest of the team mm. with our partners uh, on a tour, which was you know used as a team, team bonding ex, um, excursion, mm-hmm. as you would say, but Nah, it's awesome. He's, he's really good at that, and obviously um, that's why he's, he's been doing it for a long time. Mm. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but the winner of our Player of the Year Award wins a, a free tour on, with, with Scott. Um, how much added motivation is that for, 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 for someone like you? Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't drink uh, wine or anything like that, but just the whole experience was mm. unreal and un- understanding the history behind some of those um, you know, vineyards and stuff like that was pretty cool, and just their connection with the with the Sixers and Scotty as a whole. So, no, I really enjoyed the last time we went, and look, if, if I'm fortunate enough to win it again, I'll I'll take the team again. That's for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay, let's get get on to some some basketball talk. Um, last weekend, I think um, it was reasonable probably for some of us to be a little bit fearful. Obviously, you lost Isaac Brandon's still not ready to play. Um, but then you actually played played two really good games. I know you lost the first game in the end to Illawarra, but I still thought you played pretty well. And then on Saturday, the way you played against the Cairns Taipans, I thought that was that was a tremendous performance, especially without Isaac and the potential, I guess, for, for what Nate and Cam Oliver could have done. Um, I think you would have taken a lot out of those two games last week. Yeah, we really did. And I think um, after the game against New Zealand, look, we just had to have a hard look in the mirror uh, of where we were as individuals and as a team. And we kind of just had a, a regroup moment there, which was awesome for us. And then going into the Illawarra game, obviously not having Isaac, um, a big big centre in the middle there, we had to kind of adjust that game plan and, and adapt. So we had a really good week of practice. Um, and going into that game, we are feeling really confident and um, probably played well enough to win. Mm. We just let ourselves down in a couple of areas. But then that gave us even more confidence heading into the next game, knowing that, hey, if we just knuckle down and, and lock out, knock out these, 
little couple of areas and mistakes, you know, we can piece together a great game. And, and we did that against Cairns, you know, obviously um, they're, they're a team that played really well last year, um, probably in a bit of a lull at the moment. But as, as a league, as you know, it's super competitive and mm. on any given night, anyone can lose. So uh, we have to bring our A game and we executed the game plan to a T and everyone stepped up. You know, I think it's, um, we've got a great group of guys and guys who are really talented. So when one guy goes down, the next guy has to step up. So um, Jack McVay has been huge in that regard yeah. and giving us some positive minutes. Keanu's playing really well. DJ, as you know, is, is always uh, always producing at a high level and just, just the bench guys coming in and, and giving impact uh, when, when they're on the court. So it was a collective, collective team effort and we're really happy with it. And I think we've had another solid couple of days here as well, uh, looking to, to go into tomorrow's game. After you've had so many sort of games where you've only had one one day in between for a lot of the this NBL Cup in, in Melbourne, and even for the first three or four weeks of the season, it was like that. How nice is it now to have had sort of these five days to prepare for, for the Brisbane game tomorrow night? <laughs> well, look, I think it's, you can take it two ways. Um, a lot of guys have taken it as a positive, you know, to kind of, uh, rest their body, rest their minds a little bit because the quick turnarounds do take their toll. But then you can look at it in another aspect as in uh, the long break, you know, kind of gives us a chance to drop off yes. with our level of focus in that regard. But I think um, we've got true professionals on this team and the coaching staff are holding us accountable uh, to try and stay sharp and get ready. But you're right, I think us having a lot of games early on before the bubble and in the bubble as well, um, this break was definitely much needed and you know, um, some guys do need to freshen up for the for the remainder of these two games. These are two big games as well. Brisbane and Perth are probably almost the two form teams of the of the NBL Cup so far. So th- these are two big games to finish off with. Yeah, they are. They're definitely the two hottest teams at the moment, and um, we're excited by the opportunity to be able to play them. You know, I think it's it's a league where you know anyone can beat anyone on any given night. So um, we're looking forward to. Uh, going against Brisbane tomorrow night and then Perth on Saturday. Uh, obviously, two different systems and two different game plans, but ones that we're both uh, ready to execute and you know make the game competitive and come out with wins. Now, we know how much pride you take in your defense, and we know what an outstanding season you're having defensively. Now, over the next three days, you get ready to try to do the best you can to, to, to quell the influence of Nathan Sobian and Bryce Cotton. Right now, they're probably one and two just about in MVP voting. This is a this is a big big few days for you as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. Probably two of the premier guards in the league and, you know, um, challenge any given night is not stopping them completely but trying to limit their impact on yeah. the game and, and, and the outcome. Um, Sobey's in red-hot form and, you know, Bryce has been doing his thing for the past three, four years. So it's a challenge in itself and, I know if I, you know, do my job on them, then it goes a long way to helping our team win. So, look, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, on any given night, you know, I think um, anyone can step up and I think I'm going to try to do the best I can to, to slow them down and, and you know, go at them down the other end as well because obviously top guys, there, but they don't like defending too much. So <laughs> hopefully we can get them in foul trouble and get them out the yeah. game. Help, help our job. Absolutely. Um, when, when did you realise, I mean, I guess... This might be something that happened two years ago. It might have been five. Might have been ten years ago. When did you realize that you had something special defensively that a lot of not a lot of other people did? Do you remember if there was a moment where you realized you could be a really a really strong defender and make that one of your great strengths? Look, I think um, I was a late starter to basketball. You know, started when I was 
16 and a half, almost 17. So the skill side of it um, didn't catch up until maybe a year or two later. But I guess what I could always control was, you know, how I guarded and, and how I gave effort on that end of the court. Um, and I had great coaches and my brother, Adam Ford, mm-hmm. um, who helped me early on in just realizing, hey, just control what you can can. And, and uh, that was defense. So um, I, I think that they realized it before I did really. And then as the years went on and I obviously I became a development player in Perth, you know, I, I knew I could stay in front of guys at the professional level and quick hands, you know, strong body. So I kind of, I, I learned from the best in Damian Martin and, yeah. and guys of that sort. So I was really fortunate that, you know, I kind of did my apprenticeship there and, and learned from those guys in the, the tricks of the trade. And, um, you know, as the years went on, I kind of playing more games, obviously you learn through experience as well and playing more games. I was able to, I utilize what I learned from them and, and my own new experiences throughout college and just playing in the NBL as a whole to think that, hey, look, I can I can actually make this a staple of mine and, um, you know, obviously putting points on the board as well, being a two-way player. Yeah, the guys of that sort of rare and, and if I can do that, then I'll, I'll have to be in the league for a very long time. You mentioned Damo. Um, now, obviously, you'll learn a lot from him and, and getting to, to train alongside him for a couple of years or, you know, the, the three or four years that you did was invaluable but he's also got his own defensive player of the year award he's giving away on a different podcast this season that i've i've seen and he's he, he gives these votes every week and you're now the the runaway leader so not only did you learn from him but um he's actually now acknowledging everything you're doing which i'm sure i'm sure is nice yeah uh, that's no that's awesome i i did know actually um been, i spoke to him not long ago and yeah obviously he's he's uh the premier defensive player in the league for the past you know, 10, 15 years, um, done at an extremely high level and taught, taught me a lot just about being a leader, being professional and, and um, you know, just being being a champion, you know, day in and day out. And um, the years I was in Perth, I was there for two years as a development player, but when I was away in college, I'd come back every every off-season and, and train with them and, you know, I'd pick up a new trick every year. So mm-hmm. it was, um, I'm super, super proud that the Defensive Player of the Year Award named after him and it's something obviously I got my eyes set on and mm. um, you know but it, it's just one game at a time at the moment and trying to do the best I can and, and let that take care of itself at the end of the year If we trace back to the off season obviously you were a free free agent and on the back of the season you had at the Hawks you were you were high, pretty highly sought after there's a lot of clubs pretty keen for your signature um, what was it about Adelaide that that made them stand out and and I assume so far you're very happy that you, you made that choice yeah, no, super pumped to be in Adelaide and uh, be with these group of guys. You know, g- great people, um, great club, and with a history of winning. And I think just in the off season, um, just the thought of being in a new city and, and having uh, new, new surroundings and a newly put together roster that was exciting really drew me to it. And obviously, speaking to Coach Connor Henry at length in the off season, um, his vision for the team and me uh, and myself personally was something that. I really enjoyed. Um, so obviously he was in America at the time and I was here, but mm. I trusted his word and just the conversations we had about his vision for the team and, and what we were trying to achieve here in Adelaide. And being here, it's been unreal. Um, I love the guys. I love the city and, and I love this club. And I think we've got a really bright future ahead uh, this year and years beyond. So it's something that I, you know, I'm enjoying being a part of and helping build uh, a new history and, that, that one that continues from, you know, the, the winning ways of Adelaide in the past. Fantastic. Just finally, we do an Ask the Coach segment with Connor on the show as well. Um, 
off the top of your head, can you think of a question you might like like me to ask Connor on your behalf, or you can use an alias that you might not be willing to ask ask him to his face? Oh, something. Ooh, put me on the spot there. <laughs> Let me have a quick think. Um, just asking what churn the ball means. Okay, okay. Well, he, uh, he, he can come up with some pretty witty responses, as I'm sure you're aware, so I, I look forward to getting his response. I'll ask him that once we speak to him later on the show, but, but Sunday, it's been a, been a pleasure to have you on Sixers Fix. I know, I know Scott's going to be devastated he missed talking to you, but he'll see you out, out at one of these school clinics pretty soon, I'm sure, yeah. and you'll be able to catch up. But Sunday, good luck this week, and we'll be, we'll be cheering you on back in Adelaide. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for having me. Big thank you to Sunday Deck for joining us here on Sixers Fix. And now let's continue on with our special guest. And it's time for our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry once again. Of course, it's proudly brought to you by Sports Card World. And all of your fans' questions will be put to Connor. And also, one of you will receive a special prize pack thanks to Sports Card World. And, and there's a new prize up, up and going now for this week. And you can win... Three packets of the 2020-21 season NBA Hoops Panini Hobby Cards. Nothing to be sneezed at. This is valued at $75. So just for asking a question to us, to Connor Henry, you can win that fantastic prize. One of our listeners who have sent in a question this week will receive that prize. And, of course, thanks to Sports Card World. Check them out in the Region Arcade of the Rundle Mall. What, what, a, what a store it is. The best sporting card store or card store in general in the country. There's not much doubt about that. And head into Sports Card World and check them out. But we've got some we've got some new exciting releases as well. So I've got the 2021 season NBA cards on offer now at Sports Card World. We've got the Panini NBA Hoops cards, which if you don't win your prize, you can go in and get your own packets there. We've got the Panini Certified and the new Panini Revolution, all in stock at Sports Card World. That and so much more. So make sure you check them out at sportscardworld.com.au or go and check out the boys in person. Okay, back here now on Sixers Fix and it's time for us to coach with, with Connor Henry thanks to Sports Card World. Um, before we get started, Connor, I just want to say thank you for joining us last week. It's never easy when things aren't going so rosy and, you know, it was a, it was a tough one. Some of the questions were tough, but I think it shows a, a lot of character to still, still show up in those circumstances. And Scott's talked about how some coaches in the club's history have only gone to those post-match functions after wins and refused to go after losses, but I think it shows a lot of character to do what you did last week. So before we start, I just want to, want to thank you for that. Well, Chris, thanks, man. Um, you know, we... It's an up and down season. It's a long process. Um, you can't you can't walk away when you're not playing well, or or I'm making poor decisions, or or whatever. So we're just trying to trying to survive right now. Get better every day. Uh, boys are really working hard and and seem to be switched on. And uh, we had a good win last game, and um, and we're uh, we're optimistic for today. Yeah, I think I think you should be. I liked a lot of what I saw in both games, game games last week, and then to get the win over Cairns was was fantastic. So we got a few questions to get through. So let's get straight to the fans because we're we're here for the thirty sixes fans, of course, Connor. So first up, we've got Michael Murray, and and this is a, a very topical one because we saw Brandon Paul 
joined the team for the first time yesterday, which was fantastic. So he's asked, with Brandon Paul about to be ready to join the team, how do you see the rotations being... Do you see the rotations being similar to when we had Sloan, or will it be a totally different look in terms of rotations? Well, the the great thing about uh, when we add Brandon uh, officially, and he's, he's getting close, he won't play tonight, but he will hopefully play on Sunday if... Mm-hmm if we feel he's physically ready is, is that what it does is it allows us to match up in a lot of different ways versus our opponents. Um, we can play small because we have, we believe three elite defenders out on the floor in in church croc and, and BP. So, um, you know, there's, there's really any type of rotations that we can, we can go to at any time. Um, uh, you know, does Brandon start right away or does he come off the bench? Most likely he's going to be coming off the bench um, just because we have to get his, his, uh, his playing wind up um, and better so he can see the game initially, see the flow of it, and then come in. Um, and he knows that and he, he's fine with that. So, um, yeah, to answer the question, it'll, it'll allow us greater flexibility uh, to play really any, any way um, and match up. Hmm. Jason Crowell has got a, two, a two-part question. The first one is about Brandon as well. So he's asked, will Brandon be given the freedom to let it fly or will he be somewhat restricted by, by team plays? No, Brandon's going to have the ability to uh, take open threes uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been pleased the last uh, couple of days with his progress shooting the basketball. You know, a lot of time you go off film and you go off uh, recommendations from uh, former coaches and agents and things, but until you get the player into the gym and actually see them working on their shooting, um, uh, you don't really have a, a, a true mm. a true idea of, of, of where they're at. So we're impressed with the way he's shooting the ball in practice. The ball comes off his hand at a high level. Mm. Um, the stroke is solid. Um, he's making, uh, you know, he's shooting really well in, in practice. And, um, so we're hopeful. Um, so he will have, uh, plenty of opportunities with his feet set and the ball's in a good rhythm, um, around the court to, to shoot threes. That, that, that sounds, that sounds promising. Um, Jason's second part is about Tony Crocker. He says that he appears to be a lot more effective and confident since ice went down as he appears to have more of a license to shoot. Is that just the way it's turned out or have you... Have you asked him to step up a little bit more in the last few games? We've actually had to, to play a little bit different since Ice uh, is on the shelf. And so um, offensively, we're running some different looks, uh, which allows for Croc and Church um, and any of the guys uh, in the wing positions to come off turnouts, to come off step-ups, um, to play a little bit more freely uh, then we were playing uh, with our with our two bigs um, when Ice was healthy. So we've added an offensive system. We're still developing it. It's getting better. I think the guys like it because it's a little bit more free-flowing. Um, and we're really confident that when Ice gets back that we'll have three systems that we can play out of um, and, still, um, and still have Ice uh, play in a very high, productive manner. Nate Turner is up next, and he was our winner, thanks to Sports Card World, last week. And he's got another question this week. He's asked, what's the squad's morale been like since the start of the NBL Cup to now? 
And do you sense that there's still excitement in the group or is there a little bit of a feeling of let's finish this and, and get home? No, you know, our attitude is, uh, it's been pretty consistent throughout, uh, even, even when we lost the three games, um, pretty tight group. Uh, our work ethic has always been good. Um, when we've asked them to work, uh, they're eager to work. When uh, we've asked them that it's a light day, there's numerous guys that work really hard. So um, we're all kind of focused on the big picture here. Um, you know, the, the, this bubble that we've been in, um, it's been challenging, I think, for everybody. Um, probably some, you know, we, we haven't been on the road uh, as much as everybody else. Um, and that was, you know, due to um, our fortunate circumstances being in, in, in South Australia. So um, we've had to adjust a little bit. But overall, the attitude's been good. Um, we're focused on our last two games. We'd love to get uh, a win here uh, and head home uh, in one of these two. Um, I think that would be a, a, a good result from uh, the adversity that we've faced with ice going down and, and adding a new import and, and getting Kendall up to speed, which he is now, and he'll play tonight, and he's focused on, on giving us everything. So um, it'll, be, uh, it'll be good to wrap this thing up, but we're focused, and, and uh, we, we are looking forward to getting home in, in, in a few days too. We've got a couple of questions about Jack McVeigh, which – the tone of them was a little bit surprising because he's played a huge role the last last few games and he's playing great, but I'll, I'll throw them at you anyway. The first one's from Erin Louise, and she's asked, why does McVeigh not get the chance to be part of the starting five? Clearly he's a player full of energy, commitment, loyalty, and he's a fan favourite, and I'm, I'm sure you're, you're a big fan of him too. Yes. Um, well, we're all fans of Jack, mm. and we know what uh, Jack's strengths are, and we're trying to we're trying to put him in positions um, to use those strengths. Um, look, if, if, and I, and Jack and I are built the same way, we're both rail thin. Um, and, uh, you know, so if, if Jack could add, you know, 20 kilos and I could add 10 kilos and, and uh, I could play Jack uh, as more of a rugged four man on the floor. Um, but that's not the case. Um, so we have to play small, um, kind of small ball with Jack at the four spot. Um, and that's why Keanu uh, starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we bring Jack straight off the bench to, to relieve us. And then, and, and look, it's, it, it's to our advantage to play Jack in that manner. Um, with his ability to score and stretch the floor, opens up the keyway for, for Giddy to get downhill and get on the rim, for Croc um, to be more active, slashing and, and, and doing his thing. So. Jack plays a big part, um, and we're happy the way he's playing. Yeah, t- totally agree. He's getting plenty of minutes as well, so I'm sure Jack's happy. Um, Lauren Clare, she also asked about Jack. I think they somehow might be related, Lauren and Aaron. So she's asked about Jack. But the second part of her question um, is about Isaiah Humphrey's replacement, um, Jack Purchase. Now that he's spent a week with the team, is there a chance he might get some, some court time this week? You know, we've talked about... Uh... Um, being able to play both jacks on the floor at the same time because they're both six seven and six eight, both can shoot the ball from deep at a, at a really high level. Um, we have yet to go to that lineup. Um, the game is so fluid um, when it's occurring and moving so fast. Um, there may be a situation where we could do that. We may need to be put purchase on the floor uh, for exactly his strength, which is stretching the floor and. Um, 
But as of right now, we haven't found those minutes for him. I would like to. Uh, it just depends on how the game's going. Sure. Last one for this week, Connor. It comes from come from a man who goes by Sunday Deck 44, and he's asked, hmm. what does churn the ball mean? What does churn the ball? Mm-hmm. Churn the ball means churn the ball from side to side. So how we how we're effective on the offensive end is whenever we can initiate the ball on one side, create an advantage on that same side, and then swing it to the other side. So you'll hear me the guy you'll hear me talk about churning the ball or getting the ball through hands or or you know we really need to pass the ball from side to side and so um, from first side to second side getting the ball through guys' hands and churning it through the offense is uh, is really the key to um, attacking defenses so they can't kind of zone off you and and really take your actions away so that's what it means. Mm-hmm. I gave Sunday the chance to ask you anything he. He wanted to, and that was the best he could come up with. Okay, good, good. <laughs> good questions today. Yeah, any more? No, that'll do for this week. So looking forward to tonight now against Brisbane Connor, as, I'm, as I, I'm sure you are, and thanks very much for joining us here once again. You got it, Chris, and always, uh, always enjoy it, and um, let's do it in the next couple of days. Thanks. Okay, back on Sixers Fix here for another week. We've got two more games now in the NBL Cup to look forward to, Scott. We'll get to that preview shortly, but exciting news now. Brandon Paul is out of quarantine. He's joined the team in Melbourne. He's had his first training run with the team, so he's hit the court. He looks good. He looks good in that Adelaide 36ers singlet we've seen, seen him in. He's got his name on the back already, so everything's looking nicely. I don't think he'll play in this first game against Brisbane, but he will play on Sunday against the Perth Wildcats. How exciting is it knowing that he's now now here and he's now with the team and we're about to see him hit the court? Oh, mate, it's it's incredibly exciting. I know uh, a lot of the hopes of the team are being pinned on him. Uh, I'm glad he's got his name on the back of the singlet, mate, <laughs> even though they're, they're still trying to get give away uh, Donald Sloan uh, singlets on game <laughs> night at... Uh, uh, home games, but uh, I think it does. I think, it, you know, obviously his pedigree is, is fantastic. And, uh, you know, I just think, you know, with everything you see and hear from him, you know, we, we, we will be a better team with him. There's absolutely no question about that. And uh, um, I, I agree. I, I don't think there's any way they should even think about playing him tomorrow. I think, you know, you only have one, uh, you know, one training session. The guy's been in quarantine for, you know, for two weeks. And I don't care how good a shape you are. Mm. You've you got to get on the court and you've got to yep. be able to get up and down. And, you know, even by the next game, it's still not going to give him a lot mm. of time. And I and I still wouldn't expect him to play major minutes in that game. We need him for the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, he's going to give us a lift as soon as he gets on the court. And it's very exciting. I mean, you know, for, for all 36 fans... You know, get a guy, you know, his sort of quality into the team is can't happen quick enough, obviously. But, yeah, we're going to need him. We're going to mm. need need what he brings to the team and soon see what happens. It's difficult to know until we actually see him on the court. But to me, physically, he looks to be that type of guy that you've been been craving this whole season who can be a physical influ- influence. He looks, he's got a big body. Hopefully he knows how to use it. Hopefully he likes to play physically and Hopefully he can just make his teammates walk taller. I mean, we know we expect him to score. We know we expect him to be able to make, create his own shot and get to the basket and, you know, knock down the, the three ball. We expect him to do all of that. But 
if he can also be a little bit of an intimidator and make his teammates feel a bit better about themselves and walk that little bit taller, he could be that guy that you've been asking for all season too. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I guess, you know, saying all that, I mean, the, yeah, we also can't expect him to come in and be completely the saviour because, I mean, we've got sure. guys that have been together for several months now that, you know, used to playing with each other and, uh, you know, really have should have that camaraderie and... Um, uh, ability to play with each other one now. No, you know, I'm not saying he can't come in and be, mm. you know, the best player in the team. Uh, you know, potentially he could, but you know, initially he will come in and, uh, you know, they'll fit him in and and manage his minutes initially. I would imagine, especially, uh, mm. you know, in the in the next game or two that he plays. But yeah, I, I think it's uh, there's certainly, you know, from an Adelaide fan perspective, there's certainly. Uh, you know, big hopes pinned on him that he can really come out and have a profound impact upon this team, and uh, and I'm sure he, I'm sure he can, I'm sure he will. Yeah, so we've got that to look forward to. But before that, Thursday night against the Brisbane Bullets, and and they're probably one of the form teams of the competition right now. Nathan Sobey has clearly put himself in MVP form. I think the way he's going right now, Vic Law is a, a quality import. Matty Hodgson's playing some of the best basketball that we've seen him play, and. Especially when he stays out of foul trouble, he's a real. He can be a real difference maker, and potentially, probably even more so without Humphreys there for Adelaide. What What do the the thirty sixers need to do to to get a win in in this one? Well, I mean, Hodgson's coming off a game of his life, and mm. uh, yeah, you know, I, I think he's been. Uh, you know, the last year he's a really important player for the Brisbane Bullets. You know, unfortunately, he's hurt himself. Just the time being on the court because of the you know because of the dumb fouls that he does on, on a lot of occasions, and I think that's what Adelaide Adelaide's thought process will be. We're much better with having him on the bench than with him being on the court, and yep. uh, I, I would expect them to go you know right at him. Uh, you know, he's been coming off the bench, obviously, but I, I would expect them to go right at him. You know, from the second the second he gets on the court, and uh, well, well D, DJ's know, the one to do it, isn't it? DJ should just oh, abs- yeah. absolutely, because uh, you know he just can't he can't help but put his hand in the cookie jar mm-hmm. and reach it <laughs> and get fouls. But you know, when he do- when he doesn't, and we saw that that last game, mm. wow, he, he he was you know he he was as important as anyone on the floor. I think you know the, the other thing, you just got to not yeah. Kadee had that game that. You know, he, he probably promises on a regular basis, mm. but probably only happens every, you know, five or six games. So, you know, they, they've got to be wary of that. You know, a lot, a lot of these players, you know, obviously have been ex, you know, ex-36 players. Uh, Vic Law is the one that worries me. I mean, he's mm. a very, very good player. I, I would expect we've got guys that... Sobe will come out, you know, wanting, obviously wanting to play well against his old team, but, uh, you, you know, we should have some guys that can... Make life hard for him. I don't think. Mm. I don't think the form that he's in and, and the confidence he's playing with that you're going to stop him. But yep. you know, make life hard for him. That's probably the best you can ask. So, oh, I think it's an interesting game. I, I think it's a game that we, you know, if we come with the attitude we we, we came in the last two games, I think it's it's a very winnable game for us. Proof will be in the pudding again. I, I, I struggle to see how they can guard. DJ and, and if mm. we make him the focal point um, of what we're doing, which I would expect him to do, I think we can uh, we can come out with a very good result. But uh, no, they, they, we just have to build on you know what's happened in those last two games. You know, like that 
That 44-point uh, defeat is now behind us. You know, that's, that's finished with. You know, we've had two good performances. You know, we, we can also be, be better from it and play better than. But uh, uh, it's an important game because then you get Perth Wildcats, who are tough to beat. Well, been tough to beat for 35 <laughs> years, if truth, truth be told. But I think it's a really important game to us. And, and I think, you know, like if we come out, follow the scout, follow the game plan, then uh, we could be in a pretty good position. Yeah, totally agree. Now, you mentioned the Wildcats on Sunday. First time. It feels like we're a long way into the season already. So first time we've seen the Wildcats this season for the 36ers. Um, obviously, Bryce Cotton's a centre point of everything, just just as he has been the last few years. But John Mooney has been impressive. What 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 do they have to do to beat beat the Wildcats? And in the very last game of the NBL Cup, so it'd be nice to finish finish on a high and potentially stop them from winning the NBL Cup, which would be even nicer. Well, I mean Sunday Sunday you'd imagine we get Bryce Cotton, but that mm-hmm. that's not a one man that's not a one man job. I mean that's that's been shown that we, we've got to have a really good game plan against him. I think you know to me Mooney's Mooney's the best big man in the competition. I know everyone mm-hmm. uh, you know talks about Jock Landell, and I'm. I'm by no means, no means downplaying him, but you know Mooney's uh, tough as hell, and mm. uh, you know we we got a work cut out for him. And I don't know that we've got a great matchup for him. You know, like we can throw some different bodies and some different looks at him, but you know, to me, the key with any, you know, with any really good championship contending team as as Perth are every year. Yeah, you got to keep that next tier of guy down. You, you can't let Steindl have a career game. You, you know, you you've got to keep Blanchfield under control. You know, you can't let Wagstaff, you know, mm. score fifteen points. I think you know all those guys. They know their roles. You know, they come out and they play well every game. You know, it's it's not it's not stopping Bryce Cotton because you're probably not going to stop Bryce yeah. Cotton. It's not stopping Mooney because you're probably not going to stop him. It's making sure that you know third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth player doesn't have that uh, you know that career game. And mm-hmm. that, once again, this is all easier said than done. But <laughs> yeah. uh, you beat Brisbane tomorrow night. Once again, you go into that game against Perth with more confidence. And uh, you know, over the years, we, we've always it hasn't seemed to matter you know where we've we've been on the ladder. Like we we always seem to be able to have a close game with Perth. You know, we, yeah, we quite we quite often don't win them, but you know we we seem to be able to have close contests with them. And I I'd, I'd certainly expect that going forward. And yeah, gee, it'd be nice to be talking this time next week with uh, you know finishing off with two wins in the bubble and uh, and going forward from there. I hadn't thought about this aspect of it until right now. Do you think there's any feeling between anyone at the club and Kevin White now coming into this game? First time that the former Adelaide captain will now play his old team? Uh, I'd have no doubt that there is. I think the guys that were, uh, you know, last year, I mean, probably not out, Willie. No one's going to mm, say anything. No, no, no one's going to no one's going to do anything. But, yeah, I, I certainly think that, you know, the, the, the players that were, you know, were... were you know, playing for Joey Wright, and I think it. You know, after the last game last year, you, you saw a photo with after the you know, after their last game with Joey with half the players, the other half the players, which was the imports and Harry Froling and Kevin White weren't in that photo. So yeah, I would yeah. expect the guys that were still there would probably be pissed off with that, about that whole situation. And uh, once again, I, I'm I wasn't privy to be in the inner sanctum I was gobsmacked by the way that went down and don't really see what the you know what was in it you know for 
you know, for the way that for the way that went went. Well, down, to make it but, public, uh, really, yeah. Yeah, well, to me, to me, it's it's yeah. To me, I, I don't understand it, and it seemed ridiculous. But yeah, I'd, I'd I'd imagine that you know, there's players there that probably won't be catching up for a post game drink with Kevin White. But you, mm. you know, once again, you know, like he's oh, and and I was surprised that the Wildcats picked him up. You know, mm. and I know I know you lose with Damian Martin, but. It's not the, like he had a good year last year anyway, you know, mm. so he's, yeah, I mean, that's not even really a sideline of the game because uh, White's probably going to play, you know, 10 minutes a game and I don't think we have the players that have that sort of mindset who are going to be worried about trying to get some retribution there. So I, mm. I, I don't see it as a, I see it as pretty much a non-story, to be honest with you. It is, but it's always another interesting little little side point to, to, to look out for is at the same time. And any time Perth plays Adelaide, it's always got some little little backstory there. So that might be one to look out for on, on, on Sunday. And also the next week when Adelaide heads over to Perth for the first time as well. So uh, we'll talk more about that next week. But let's hope for the best with these two games against the Bullets and the Wildcats over the next few days for the 36ers. I think it's fair to say we're feeling a bit better about things now, Scott. We're looking forward to Brandon Paul coming back soon. We're looking forward to Isaac Humphreys, you know, getting back potentially sooner than we might have expected. So... A lot to look forward to, and I hope you've all enjoyed this episode of Sixers Fix. Big thank you to Sunday Deck for joining us as well, and thank you to all of our partners for making it possible. Thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi, thanks to All Star Photos, thanks to Sports Card World, and of course, thanks to Premium Wine Tours. That's it from me for this week. I'm Chris Pike, but I'll leave you with the one and only Scott Ninnis. Yeah, mate, uh, once again, uh, you know, we were optimistic about what happens the rest of this week. Uh, I'm sure the players are looking forward to getting home and, uh, you know, seeing their, you know, family and loved ones. But, yeah, that is going to be all that much sweeter if you've got two more wins under the belt. And uh, oh, the Brisbane game, I'm probably more probably more worried about, you know, the Brisbane. You know, I just, you're not sure what, you know, where they're going to be. Are they going to be the team that's looked great or the team that's looked pretty ordinary at times? I think we'll come out with the right attitude, be ready to play and uh, hopefully for a win there and then uh, you know, back it up against Perth.